Welcome to the wrap-up of Season 1 of First Do No Harm. This has been an incredible journey for me so far. I hope it has for you. And because of you and the responses that I have received during this past year, we will definitely be back for season two with information that not only impacts healthcare. And while the show has a spin, a foundation of medicine, it's not meant for medical professionals. Doctors, nurses, everyone who takes care of anyone inside of the walls of a hospital, they have to first do no harm to the person. So this is for you, the non-medical person, to understand a little bit more, to learn a little bit more, but to also understand it's not, it's not just up to us to not harm others. It's up to everyone to bridge that gap and to love those who are vulnerable to take the time to understand what makes us tick, even the actions that we hate, but it's important that we understand so that way we can be sure to have hope for human kindness. And that, that is what this show is about. I thought it would be important that since this is the last episode of season one, that we take it back to the beginning of something that was planted inside of me when I was young, that has been cultivated, that has been nurtured throughout my life. And here we are making a different, making changes. I wrote on my blog a couple weeks ago around Mother's Day that said, I was listening last week to a podcast as I was trying to make my room more acoustically appropriate for my podcast episodes, which translates to blah, 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 make it sound better. The podcast I was listening to had a guest speaker who has done amazing things for individuals on Skid Row. As I listened more and more, I heard myself in this woman's voice. Her heart was very similar to my heart. The host asked her why she was a woman who was so very passionate to love without ceasing. She described a relationship that allowed her type of love to blossom. She was talking about a woman that raised her and said, quote, the fact that she held space for me was the most powerful thing that could have ever happened to me. I've always been resilient and strong, but I've always had a place to pour it and a place to recharge. She was my space to recharge. She could never save me, but she could hold space for me to figure out how to save myself. Now I'm doing it for so many people, and I know why doing it is so important, end quote. This woman was surely talking about my mom. I've always known I was blessed beyond measure to have the mom I do. As I listened to this woman, I realized, I bet that's a big portion of raising children into people who love, who recognize the differences we all bring to the table, and the fact that we should all be sharing food at the same table. My mom has always had a space for me. From the time I was young, I could go to her about bizarre intuitions that to anyone else, it would seem crazy. 
not my mom. She would listen. She would believe me. She would give me that safe space. The pain that would bring a middle school child to tears had a space in her world where my pain had meaning. Through her love, I grew to understand pain and happiness does not have to mean the same thing across the board to the general population, but it is significant because it happens. When I call her crying about a patient that died, she has no idea who this person is, but she listens because the pain I feel for a stranger matters. When I get angry about the world and all the lack of justice, she listens because my anger matters. And all the hard times I've gone through with education and my career, it held value, it held space. When I would cry to her and ask why such things would be happening to me, she simply told me because someone else would need my understanding one day when they go through it. She raised me to believe not only did my emotions hold value, that they were worthy to take up space, but the emotions of others deserve that value. The new nurse who cries and is broken because she's made to believe she will never be good enough, her doubt deserves a space. Because of my mom, I hold that space. I've wondered now for a couple of years why I am so deeply in tune to the emotion of others, whether it be their suffering, their celebration, their doubt, their sadness, their elation. Last week I realized it is because my mom instilled in me the ability to recognize the emotions people have are important because they are real to that person. So today's episode, we're going to talk to that woman. We're going to find how she got it right, raising a child and teaching her child to love the world the way that it's meant to be loved, the way that we all are meant to be loved. Welcome to First Do No Harm. It's so exciting to have you, my mom here, joining us for the season finale of the show. So I I went through and I read to everyone kind of the tribute that I wrote to you for Mother's Day and about how when growing up, you always held a space for me. And by doing that, you you showed me that it was important not only that the feelings that I had growing up mattered, whether it was middle school drama, high school drama, whether it was silly not, it was important because it impacted me. But not only that, also while growing up, you really helped show and grow me into a person that sees the world as valuable and all the individuals. Why was that important to you, to raise a kid, your only kid that way? Well, you were important to me, and I understood that even though sometimes when our children are small and they're going through things, we, as adults, we understand that this is just a part of the growing process, that it's not really that big a deal, that these are things that they're just going to have to go through, and there will be much bigger things to deal with in life. But at that point in life, I knew for you that some of the things that hurt you, that those hurts were just as real as they are for adults. And I knew that I wanted you to know that you were loved and that you were cared for and that it was important to feel that all the things that were going on in your world 
or just as important and things that were going on in adults' worlds, that your feelings mattered, that you were, it was important for me for you to know that, that you were cared about and that you always had a safe place that you could come to and you could express the things and to know that there was someone there who understood what you were going through and understood those hurts and that would, I don't know, it's just, sort of knowing that you always have a safe place that you could fall and that there was going to be someone there to pick you up. And not only did you do that for me, but I know starting as far back as I can remember to first grade that, do you remember when I came home telling you about a girl who everybody laughed at, who was smelly, who was dirty? Do you remember what what you said to me? Mm -hmm. I told you that you were going to go to school the next day and you were going to be her friend and that when no one else wanted to sit with her that you were going to be the person that was going to sit at the table with her during lunchtime and that you were going to be the person that was going to be there for her when things were going wrong in her world that you were going to let her know that she had a friend that was always going to be there for her i always tried to teach you that in order to have a friend that you had to be a friend and if you could be a friend to someone that everyone else in the world didn't love, then everyone else in the world would always love you because you would have that inside of you. And you did. And I can remember that same little girl that on field days that we would buy her clean clothes and we would take clothes to school so they could put them on her when she was going on field trips. I can remember you and I going over to her house when she was sick and taking medicine there because she didn't have medicine, bringing her home to spend the night at our house and taking her to McDonald's that she had never been to. and Which was even though very we were, far away from our hometown. <laughs> it was. and But for her, for her to see that excitement, the same thing that it did for you and I, that we gave her a little bit of something, but it gave us a lot of something back in return that we were so excited to be able to see the joy that it gave for her. And it gave us more joy than we gave her, I really think, in the, in the beginning. Don't you? Mm-hmm, definitely. I, I think that there's so much, but that was a very impactful beginning of me and who I was. And you, what made you want to raise a kid to see people that way? I mean, parents, do parents just go into parenting that way? I mean, is that, I don't know. I don't have kids, but for you, that was so important. And through even growing up middle school, high school, moving from South Carolina to Alabama, our house was always the cool house, but it was the cool house because it was a house full of love. And you, you also, not only with people that we knew, there were some other things that you implanted. Um, like when we went to Miss Jackson's house, like what, what about our community was important for you? And when you're saying Miss Jackson, I remember she was a little lady who lived in a house who the house didn't have any paint on it. It was very dark. And I can remember the first couple of times you and I went there and took groceries and we knocked on the door and she wouldn't let us, she didn't come to the door. She didn't let us in, but we would leave the little groceries on the outside of the door. And we did that a couple of times. And then finally she got where she would come to the door to us. And then we would go in. And the one thing with her, I'll never, ever forget was that 
for you, we went in there and we bought kerosene. She had a little kerosene heater and we bought the kerosene and carried it into her. And I'll never forget that day that she had a little cigarette hanging out of her mouth and she was pouring that kerosene in the heater. And I can remember you looking at me like, is she about to blow us up in here? <laughs> just that little fear. But I don't know. It's just something that to see people who really feel unloved and don't have a lot of family to take care of them or really their family chooses not to always be there for them for us to be able to go in and just love on them I just always felt like we got so much more from that than what we were ever able to give um just to see someone whose day was sad just like that little house that that lady lived in it was dull and gloomy but to walk in and to be able to carry her little things and see that smile on her face and just for her to see not just me as an adult but to see you as a child or some of the other children from the youth group who would go in with us sometimes just to see that that excitement when she realized she wasn't a forgotten soul that there was someone out there in the world who cared about her someone who was willing to reach out to her when there was no one and just to know that their life meant something to someone and I think for all of us that we all desire to be loved we all desire to be thought of we all desire to be cared about and for so many people they just don't have that in our world anymore and for us to be able to give that to someone there's no greater gift that we can give and no greater gift that we can receive. And I have watched you do that through your whole life. I mean, I can remember the times you and I would go to a mall and we'd be walking through and you'd see somebody, a little elderly lady, and you'd look at me and say, Mama, can we go buy her some popcorn and a Coke? Can we get her something? And to be able to go over and just do that and take it over and to give it to someone who was just sitting and lonely and just to see that smile come across their face. I mean, to me, that's something that money can't buy. And just to be able to share what God has given us with others, it's just probably the greatest gift that we have. <laughs> and even when it comes down to arguing with your husband, where everybody listening out, as you can hear, my mom's a phenomenal person. Um, but not only was it about the community, there were so many aspects of involvement that we desired, that she desired. We wanted to do um, prison missions before. Remember that? Like you felt the need that prisoners needed to feel loved too. You know, it, it didn't matter whether they were rich, whether they were poor, whether they were wrong, they had wrong actions, or whether they were the most holy of people. You, you really embodied an individual and you tried to spread that th through the community, through the youth. You were a youth leader that those were things that you really tried to involve us in, to see the world through the eyes that saw everyone as deserving of love. We are. And I always say that, um, we're not all dealt the same hand of cards, you know. Some of us are dealt a good hand, and some of us are dealt a pretty good hand, and then there's some of us who are dealt a sorry hand. 
And, but it doesn't change who we are as people. We're all the same. We all still have needs and desires. And to be able to give someone just a little bit of inspiration, just a little bit of hope when there's not any, just a little bit of love to know that that there is someone out there in this great big old world that really cares about you. And it's like you said, whether it was within a prison, I mean, you and I always say, all but the grace of God, that could be me. I mean, Mm -hmm. we don't understand why or how some people, you know, go through the things they do, how they end up in the places that they end up in. But we all make some good choices. We all make some bad choices. And my belief is that when someone is really down, if we can reach out and if we can help to lift them up, then they can come back and be a vital part of society and they can turn around and keep the this, this spirit going and give to someone else when they're in need. I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, we all need to be loved no matter when, where, how, if we're young, if we're old. I mean, you and I work a long time in the nursing homes. We mm-hmm. love going out and taking care of those who didn't even realize we were in there taking care of them and touching people who just for whatever reasons really were just in beds and didn't understand and couldn't get up and travel around to different facilities in the nursing home and couldn't participate in things, just go around and touch them and just to pray with them or just to, to talk with them and share a little bit of hope with them. It's, it's just always been a great gift. And I mean, God has been good to us and I feel like it's our time to be able to give back to him and just to share the same thing he's given to us with the rest of the world. And most of all, I always think that, you know, that you are my legacy. And for me to know that you have love in your heart, and that even in our worst days, that we can always look around and say, there's someone else that needs something more than what I do. Mm -hmm. And that I have something that I can give if it's nothing but holding the door open. If it's nothing but a smile, if it's nothing but to reach out and put my arms around someone and just, just to, just to give them a hug, you know, the littlest things in life are some of the biggest gifts that we can give. They are. And that you have. And I thank God every day that he has also given you that spirit to be able to be a blessing to others. Well, thank you for coming on the show and thank you for the insight on how not to just spread love, but to even in your family, to be a a great example and to plant those seeds, to raise people into being those who love others and want to take care of others. And you're on the season finale. So I'm so glad that you finally made it on the show. Me too. (laughs) And let me tell you, though, in all honesty, a lot of the things that that I have been given have come from my grandmother, has come through my great-grandmother and all those who loved us and shared their love and were the same type of people who loved getting out into the communities and taking care of those that were in need. And God just gives us the opportunity for each and every one of us, and I just encourage everybody to walk out of our doors in the morning and feel that we are blessed and just look for an opportunity 
just to share a little bit of what he's given to us with others Mm -hmm. and to be able to take a little bit of yourself and deposit it into someone else's life. Great. Thank you. I love you, Jamie. Thank you. you. Thanks for listening in this week to get an idea of where it all came from, where it all started, and maybe a little bit of understanding of the passion behind the drive to help you understand and see the importance of caring about people and being kind to people. And I look forward to talking to you next season to start our second year of First Do No Harm.